The idea I want to share this morning is that the more you learn to know God, the more we'll live our lives to actually please him, and then that in turn helps us to know God even better. So that's what I want to explore briefly and kind of unpack with you this morning. So to start, have you ever seen, there's a TV show, I think it's called something like, Are You Smarter Than a Ten-Year-Old? Have you ever seen that? Or there's quizzes online. The premise is, um, is your child who's 10 or under smarter than you because they know loads of stuff from primary school? And what kind of normally happens in these quizzes or shows is the parents or the adults are duly humiliated because they don't know basic maths or science or English and things. So I thought, let's start with a, a bit of adult humiliation. And I will quiz you on, are you as smart as a primary school pupil? So I've got four questions that are from uh, the Key Stage 2 stats exam. It's that famous exam that stresses the kids out, or probably the parents. So, um, and and I, will, I will happily take someone who thinks they want to take on a primary school, and you can give me the answer to two-sevenths minus one-nine. Anyone? Shout up. Oh, I've got it in a decimal point. I've... <laughs> Shamefully, I, I don't know the answer. What yeah, I think so. So the answer is 0.17. You all got that right? Okay, well, you're struggling on your stats exams already. Oh, well, okay, that's exactly it. Uh, next question, please, Rick. Uh, there you go. Right, nice, easy one. Under 10s answer this, like that. Anyone care for the, give me the answer? I, I heard a 23.988. That is correct. Well done. Anyone clueless like I was when I saw this? Ian's not smarter than a 10-year-old. Uh, let's move away from maths. Which part of the sentence here is a relative clause? The table, which is made of oak, is now black with age. The answer is, which is made of oak. But pretty tricky for a, for a primary school. And then the last one, which when I read this one, I genuinely thought it was a typo, because what does the root struct mean in the word family here? Deconstruction, structure, reconstruct. The answer is to build. Well done. If you got four out of four, you are as smart as a primary school pupil. If you got less, bad news, you're not. Right. So, everyone here, I think, has pretty much probably gone through the entire school system. And even if you went, you were educated in a different country, the premise is the same. We learn things at school, and then we get to adulthood, and it's gone. Like, We've just forgotten it. And why, why do we not know the answer to some of these questions and be able to work them out as quickly as uh, we would like? And the kind of answer is, knowledge without application, it just leads to it fading away. You know, the, think of the things you've learned in the past over your years that you now cannot kind of recall or grasp. So when I was reading uh, this passage in Colossians, which is about building your knowledge in God and trying to live your lives according to God. It, as a student of theology, 
training in the priesthood, it was obviously like resonated really well with me because um, that's what I'm trying to do. Like every day, I'm trying to build up my knowledge of God. So, you know, it, it really kind of struck with me. But then I was thinking, actually, that's not an isolated thing. You don't have to be a student training to be a, a vicar one day to be interested in knowing God better and why that is an important thing. Because Paul, in his letter to Colossians, was not writing to uh, like specifically just those who were going to be in ordained priestly leadership. He was writing to the entire church. He was writing to our church today. Verses 9 and 10, I will just read part of that to you because it's a lovely miniature picture of the Christian life of growth that we should be uh, engaged in. So, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work, and as you grow in the knowledge of God. I read a description there, it's like this. It is not a circle. You don't learn something about God and then live your life differently that is more pleasing to him, and then that's that. And then the next week you go, right, I'm going to learn something different. And then I will live my life differently. Great. Move on. I'll learn another thing. And then it will lead my life differently. And then we'll move on. Instead, it's been described as an upward spiral. As you build your knowledge of God, you will live your lives differently according to how he wants. And that in itself will reveal God more to you which will then mean that you live your life differently according to God's designs for you, which will reveal more about God, and it will spiral up and up and up. And it's a perpetual kind of growth that the more you know God, the more he reveals himself to you. Paul is praying in this letter that as the church increases its knowledge in God's will, the people in that church will live as God wants them to, and they will therefore experience and be, have revelation of God's actual uh, kind of will and knowledge to them, which will help them change their kind of pattern of life again, continuously and continuously. Understanding fuels holiness, and then holiness can deepen your understanding of our God. There's a little health warning with this. Uh, there is no end point. There's no perfection that you can reach. Uh, you can have like multiple... Uh, degrees or PhDs in theology, you are still nowhere near the end. And likewise, if, you, if we belong to Christ, if we give our lives to him and we seek to know him, then you know, we genuinely can do things which please God, but his grace is still greater than, than what we can kind of um, you know, throw in terms of our energy at it. So like, how, how do you actually do that? Because that's, that's one thing to, to preach that this morning. Going back to the passage, verse 11 gives us that grounding in it. So I'm just going to read it again. Verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power so that you may have all endurance and patience. God's power, his spirit that he's given us, is kind of like the starting emphasis here in the passage about how you can actually increase that kind of knowledge and understanding of God. Uh, to enable our church to grow in in, in this way so that we are patient and that we do have endurance. But this doesn't 
this doesn't absolve us from effort. We can't just say, okay, well, God's spirit will do it all. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm never going to li- live up to it. I'll just like live my life and, and not, not kind of do anything. There is a book uh, in America called All I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten or like primary school, basically. And it's this research book which showed that American Christians uh, had really stalled in trying to grow in their knowledge of faith and growing in their knowledge of God and the Bible because they're kind of the underlying answer there was, oh, well, I learned it all at school. Yeah, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, Noah, all that thing. I'm done. I'm kind of like finished. And actually, that's an unhealthy uh, situation with the conclusion of this author. If you think, oh, well, I've learned everything I need to know at school, then that's kind of probably like a bit of a false start um, in terms of trying to get some growth. But it's not a test. We aren't learning things to then be good, to pay a bill to God, to present to God that we are ready to be saved. We are saved by God's grace and that alone. But the marker that you have genuinely accept God as your saviour is that you do want to put effort in to learning and growing in knowledge about God. That is the kind of like marker in in my mind that, that, that demonstrates that. Because when we do that, as the passage continues, um, we produce fruit. We become healthy trees. Not literally. Um, but it kind of keeps coming because we are engaging in that process of learning and knowing about God's, light, uh, God's plans for us and what he you know, envisages for us as people. We've got to be willing to know God better so that our Sundays and what you learn here at any point in the service isn't just an extension of what goes on in primary school that we go home and then a week later you're like well what happened last week I don't know um, in fact the last time I preached the, someone gave feedback said I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my husband if they remembered any of it because that's the sign as to whether it was a good sermon because we have dinner after and we say what happened and they're not sure I can't remember and and I think actually that's a fair point because knowledge, without kind of applying it and continually uh, uh, thinking it through, it just leads to that fading like you experience in primary school. And actually, my view is the sermon on a Sunday is like one of those appetizers you get at a wedding. Like, they're like tiny little things, and they're really nice, and they kind of get you ready, and you're like excited for the meal. But if you've ever had an appetizer, it doesn't fill you up. And we as Christians, we need to be filled up. We need proper three-course meals in God on a regular basis. And it is, in my opinion, that you know, when we come to church and we gather together, we are getting that little, like, we're getting, our, uh, you know, we're getting that initial flavour. It should be kind of firing us up to want the full meal. But then how do, you, how do you go about doing that? Which is the point I was trying to get to. Now, you could which is mine and Alfred's and Rachel's and Rob's life at the moment, read really big, massive, heavy books like this, which we're forced to read all of the time, like so big you can barely carry them. Not great. Or, and I think Ian was mentioning uh, this book about two weeks ago, there are, there, are, there are other slightly less intimidating ways to grow in your knowledge of Christ. 
And this is the, this is the Lent book that the Church of England is, are encouraging during this Lent series. The topic is about failure as a Christian. Um, but, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, there are really easily accessible, well-read books so that you can grow in that knowledge of Christ. And I want to just share one with you, um, which I said, what did I say? Verse 9 and 10 is a miniature picture of Christian life that you, you learn and grow about God and it draws you closer to living like how he wants and then he reveals himself more to you. This is a book I read six or seven years ago and it answered some questions about faith that had been kind of puzzling me and acting as a blocker in some regards to deeply engaging with God and um, it helped me draw closer to God. As I started to kind of adjust my thinking off the back of this and some prayer, more about God was revealed, you know, and ultimately it, it kind of kick-started me on a, on a journey which has led to this point here in which I'm uh, training to, to be ordained. So there are, and, and like the contents of this book, I'm not, I'm not preaching about that or, or advocating it because it spoke to me at a very specific time about a very specific topic. And if you want to know what this book's about, I'll talk to you after in coffee. But the principle of what happened there is available to us all, all of the time. And my real encouragement to you is that this isn't like a daunting task, like, oh great, the, 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 student, the student has stood up and said, I now need to be reading loads of books or, or doing really hard stuff. But actually an encouragement that it is a really exciting kind of life and endeavor to think, right, what am I gonna do to draw closer to God? And how am I going to do it? Because when we do it, and Paul teaches us in Scripture, when we do that, God just reveals more about himself, which is more exciting, which flames us more. So, to summarise, things can go in one ear and they can go out the other quite quickly. And not because they were dull or because they were, or you weren't personally interested, but because Without that kind of application and knowledge, in whatever field, um, it doesn't turn into genuine change. And that's the same with God. You know, what, what faith is, uh, who God is, what he wants for us, it's just like any other topic in which we can experience knowledge fade, like what we learn at primary school. So I'd encourage you to take today, you can go with it. <coughs> Study a, a book of the Bible, get a podcast, um, join a study group, ask for a book recommendation. Alfred was uh, bragging just yesterday about the size of his um, theology book collection, weren't you? Uh, Friday, you're right. Technicality, I was wrong there. But it, it's a good starting point. And you know, really, anything that illuminates God a little bit more, it will transform us into living our lives in a healthier way where we produce that fruit that is promised to us in the book of Colossians. You know, anything which is pleasing to God helps us to be more like he wants us to be. And that is a, that is a joy. And that is, uh, it, you know, I'm hoping it comes across as an encouragement and not a task to just sort of slog on with because it will transform your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. Amen.